When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Heyo, welcome in to the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome into Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson, your host. Follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me is Vinny Duber. Follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. And that's Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. I'm out of breath. Ran to get a water. And then I took a lap because I thought I was... All cocky and can do it, and I'm out of shape. That ambulance is coming for you, isn't oh, it? I think, I think it is, thankfully. Um, we are very excited to announce that on opening day, which is a week away, it is March 23rd. Opening day is now seven days away on March 30th. Next Thursday at 4 p.m., we will be on the south side of Chicago in Oak Lawn, 95th and Cicero at the Whistle Sports Bar. I'm very, very excited. It's 4911 West 95th Street. They have fanta- fantastic uh, Philly cheesesteaks over there, and we will be there with Goose Island, so we are very excited. Uh, there's also going to be uh, drink specials over there as well uh, at the Whistle. You can try the Angry Irishman, which is a cider with a shot of Jameson over ice and the Shamrocked Martini, but we will be there pregame and have a watch party for the show, uh, and for, not for the show, for the game. <laughs> I mean, you can come watch the show. We'll yeah, be doing it. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, but very excited. It's a homecoming. It's opening day. Yeah. We're going to be there. We want uh, all the Sox fans to come out uh, and join us. And uh, we'll be watching, uh, obviously, the Sox open the season against the Astros. But beforehand, we'll be doing a show. You can you can watch us do the show live from the bar, live from 95th Street in Oakland, right down the street from Hawk Ford. Yeah. Uh, right, right. Oh, yeah. Kid yes. corner. Uh, right away from Palermo's Pizza, which I feel is the best Southside pizza okay. in 95th. Well, I know what I'll be having for lunch on Thursday, March oh, 30th. Come on. let's go. We can go early, too. I can I could give you guys a tour. Get, I, we could drive do down. People that, I'm, that not, well. I'm not even kidding. I'm going there. We're, I we have to go there let's, for lunch. Let's do on it that day. Yes. Why not? Well, let's. I'm not. I'm not busy. That is exactly what I'm. Uh, I get to go to back back to the south. I'm very excited. Uh, and yeah, I, I could show you guys all. I could show you my high school. I could show you my college. They're on the same block. Um, He's so excited. So, so we'll have pizza <laughs> then. Yeah, Herb. Herb. We'll have You'll pizza have and then we'll yeah, just go pizza. over to the bar. Straight okay. to the bar. Whatever. Yeah. He wants to show okay. you so many things. Fine. Do they have your name uh, on the wall somewhere at uh, St. Rita? Uh, it's Saint, It's Brother Rice. Brother Rice. Same thing. Th- thank you. Same thing. Uh, St. Yeah. Xavier. No, it's not the same thing. <laughs> uh, one is blue and red and one is a beautiful 
orange and maroon. Wow. Um, or I do like orange and maroon as a color combo. Yeah. You don't see that very often. No, and you should. Oh. It's 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 very okay. nice. We took it from Leo. From who? Leo. Leo in uh, St. Ignatius, I think. We took the, the maroon from Ignatius and the orange from Leo. Okay. Um, and it was just I a thought you fun just fact Leonardo story. DiCaprio. No, no, no. I mean, he's he's way too young to, to do that, to be that old. Do you know that the Nine Mets took the uh, orange from the Giants and the blue from the Dodgers? That I didn't know, yes. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yes. Um, Did you know that the Chicago Bears took the orange and blue from the, uh, the Illinois greatest, Fighting Illini? Yeah, the greatest school ever that I didn't get to go to. <laughs> Did the Cubs take the Bears thing? I mean, I, that seems they, pretty... Uh, yes. Yeah. Right? I think it was the opposite. No, because right? the Cubs existed before Already, the Bears yeah. did, yeah. But yeah. were they called the Cubs at that time? I need to get I Luke's think the Cubs were there. called Luke's the Cubs at that there? time in 1920, but I think the Bears were the opposite. I think they were like, if they're the Cubs, we're the Bears. Anyways, yeah. I mean, the, the, the CHGO Sports Podcast could probably tell us. Mm. Um, Kevin. We're uh, out of our element. Didn't Kevin here. write a book but about But also, <laughs> isn't it back there? The Cubs used to be called the White Stockings, too. It's true. Also, the White Sox used to be called the White Sox. I mean, yeah, yeah that, that's that's dumb. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, shout out to Kerry Cortez, uh, who says, hit that like button. We really do appreciate it. I, I'm very excited to go to the South Side. Uh, Me and everyone Herb should come and join us. Right now, speaking of uh, big things that are going on in the world of CHGO, me and Herb are squaring off against each other in Merch Madness. Yes, we are. Mm. Yeah. It's my South Side bias shirt versus Vinny's gray flag shirt. Truth be told... I like Vinny's shirt better in the collection. <laughs> Look at this. But I Herb is basically telling you to vote against him. <laughs> you know, if you know, if we were picking our favorites, you know, of course, I like the skyline first, then it's Vinny's uh, flag shirt, gray Chicago flag shirt, and then my Southside bias shirt. Do you have a favorite? Is your is your favorite <laughs> yeah, that shirt? It's that one. Okay. That's why I'm repping it. Well, I don't know. Herb's bagging his product, so I'm I don't not know. I'm bagging it, but we're <laughs> we're talking real. We're being real with the people. Hey, you know me. You can see from my headgear here. I, I wear that flag with pride. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I my merch was the Nux hoodie, and I lost to Greg in the first round. Mm. And I feel pretty um, ashamed for not pushing it. I feel cheated because the original poll was deleted, and I was leading that one as well. Um, and this is my favorite hoodie. I, I own this one and the camo one. Uh, so go support Merch Madness. You get ten percent off uh, at the CHGO Locker. Uh, CHGOLocker.com. Uh, but this is my personal favorite hoodie, and I feel pretty uh, like I let it down. You know, like I could have given it a better performance, pushed it a little bit harder, and I didn't, and that's on me. I mean, you win against the best shirt that we sell, in my opinion. That Chicago CHGO skyline is just undefeated. I didn't go against that. I thought you were going to say, you said Greg. Okay, sorry, I was listening. Uh, No, not Bregs. Okay. Uh, Boyson. Okay. There's two Gregs. Two Greg, two GBs, two Greg Bs as well, uh, which is probably really confusing. Um, As you just confused it. So anyways, uh, we're going to talk about the White Sox. Yeah, we Uh, are. Again, join us on March 30th. Uh, there is an event pr- uh, page, event bright page as well. Uh, again, starts Thursday, March 30th, 4 p.m. Central Time. Whistle Sports Bar, 4911 95th Street, Oakland, Illinois, 60453. Uh, right across from the Hawk Ford. <laughs> Hawk Ford! Yeah, right. right. Hey, hey, straight to Oakland! We gotta get Pat Foley. <laughs> tree, tree, tree. Um, it's tree, chart, tree, 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 30, I'm trying to... That's what? the date. Of the, the date where we'll oh, be out there. Okay. I know what you were doing. We should make it at 3.33 p.m. as well. It's at 4, so why not just move it up? We'll be over at Palermo's. Uh, anyways, uh, that's uh, for the White Sox and Astros game that's starting at 6 p.m. Uh, we'll have a white, uh, watch party at the Whistle, and they got uh, lovely screens, tons of screens there. All right, so you, you'll be... Uh, white Sox, baseball, everywhere you'll look. Everywhere. Uh, so very excited. Uh, anyways, on today's show, 
we are going to basically be playing stock up, stock down with the 26-man roster. We're going to talk about 27 guys because uh, the 26-man spot between Larry Garcia and Hanser Alberto, who uh, Husky Bardo in the chat says another hit for Alberto today. It's break training are fighting for. Uh, let's get into the hitters first. We have Luis Robert as our first guy, our headline player. Uh, is Luis Robert stock up or down after his spring training and World Baseball Classic? performance he had a really mediocre performance even if uh, you want to say mediocre is nice it wasn't great and it was pitching that he will be facing later on but as I say before I don't know if world baseball classic competition gets him ready for it or he's not interested in but I mean playing for your home country you should be interested in it you know, we saw the after effects of what Yoan Moncada did, and he was really ready for it, and he hit 400, and he was on the all-world baseball classic team. So to me, for me to judge him on world baseball classic, I think is unfair, but if I had to say it, I would say his stock is down slightly because I'm going to be pumping up somebody else for their world baseball classic performance. I got to hit the other guy who didn't have a good baseball, a world baseball classic performance like Luis Robert. I think he's the only one in the White Sox that did not. So I'll say stock down for me. I'll go ahead and agree. And and I think the main thing that jumps out is they spent the offseason, or I should say the early portions of that spring training time, talking about how much everybody worked over the offseason and how, you know, we saw the, uh, the the videos that the Sox put out from Luis Robert Jr. working out like a madman and, and doing that thing where you hold a big weight and you do a sit-up while you're holding a big weight. <laughs> and you get punched while you do sit-ups. He's getting punched while he's doing sit-ups. It's, he's doing so many sit-ups. But... We also heard all about this new coaching staff they brought in, right? And we heard uh, how big of a difference these guys were going to make in what were a lot of offensive failings last year. Luis Robert is a player who I think benefits from being aggressive, but man, what stuck out like a sore thumb last year as all these guys were struggling at the plate, Luis Robert swinging and just waving at balls outside the strike zone. And, and, and uh, uh, you know, last year's coaching staff, last year's manager pointed to that as a team-wide issue, and it was. But uh, Robert kind of seemed like the poster child for, for guys who were going fishing kind of outside the zone. Didn't really see that get rectified in the World Baseball Classic. Now, not the biggest of sample sizes, and it is March. You know, we'll wait till the games start counting for the White Sox to make these judgments on a lot of these players. You're going to hear me say that a ton over the course of this show, I'm sure. But when you're looking at a guy who was, uh, you know, you would have said, what is the one thing Luis Robert needs to work on this offseason? You wouldn't have said he needs to do more sit-ups while holding a big weight or he needs to he, he needs to get punched more while doing sit-ups. You would have said he needs to work on that plate discipline a little bit or that pitch recognition at the very least. Um, and I'm not sure we saw a lot of evidence of that uh, while he was playing for Team Cuba. Well, and we have facts that uh, show that he just really struggled with plate discipline. Eight strikeouts, no walks, and six games uh, for Luis Robert not good. in the World Baseball Classic. No, uh, not good. And uh, the super chat from Husky Bardo, Robert keeps hitting the ball into the ground, which is also true. He was making great power and contact. We have seen this. Luis Robert, newsflash, can hit a baseball very, 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 very hard. It's all those sit-ups while holding the big weight. It's all those sit-ups. His <laughs> core is insanely just fast. Um, the issue is a lot of those balls are hit directly into the dirt. 
Um, we've seen when it takes flight against Mike Fires, he can hit it, you know, 487 feet. It's just about that consistency. We saw the massive, massive home run grand slam that he hit against the Twins uh, in 2022, but it's all about that consistency for Luis Robert. Stock has to be down. He has never played 100 games in a season, and it does seem like there are a lot of flaws in his game and I'm just not sure if they're cleaned up and we saw last year that his athleticism something that made him a five tool player was hurt he was a worse defender than he's ever been in his career it's only been two sample size of 2020 and 2021 but also his speed was the worst it's been in those three seasons as well I'm not sure if that deals with all the things that he's gone through uh you know the vertigo and the infection that he had um yeah I mean he had had a he had a number of health issues right. last year. So like, of course, none greater than the the wrist, which yes. of course um, led to a lot of those ugly looking swings in the second half of last season. You would like to think that a lot of the stuff you're talking about, the speed, the the the, the defensive ability. I mean, remember last year we were talking about, wow, what a an odd jump that Luis Robert got on that ball because we know that he's better than that at, when it comes to reading the fly ball. You would like to think that a lot of that would be solved by health which, again, will be another recurring theme throughout this uh, throughout the next hour here. But uh, uh, it's the stuff that doesn't have to do with the health, the plate discipline stuff, which probably um, is, is jumping out as the most glaring uh, problem at the moment. And we'll see if it continues to be a problem once the games start a week from now. Yeah, and I, uh, I, no, I agree with uh, Vinny. And like you said, Stefan Bardo has a super chat, says Robert keeps hitting the ball right into the ground. So, like, that is not a recipe for him to be successful. You know, he does have speed, but I don't want him to be hitting ground balls in the infield. Get the ball elevated, uh, take some chances, make sure that, you know, you are more disciplined on the pitches that you are swinging on. He could be a better hitter than he is right now. And I think that, you know, offseason work, I'm sure included some like eye discipline, some, hey, Watch where a ball starts off. If it starts off at outside of the plate, you got to make sure that it's got velocity to it because it's going to tail off, and they're going to try to get you swinging at those balls in the left uh, field uh, batter's box, and you don't want that. That's the way you progress. That's the next step, discipline at the plate for Luis uh, Robert. And then the power is there. We all know that. So discipline, then they got to bring you your pitch at 2-0. 3-0, those places. And, and people, like, the thing about Luis is the only pitch he was bad against last year was sweepers, negative uh, two run value. But outside of that, uh, everything was either zero or positive, uh, positive six run value against changeups and positive five run value against the slider. It's just a, a 27.5 whiff percent against that pitch that, you know, needs to be a little bit better. Uh, anyways, let's move on to Tim Anderson, uh, the guy who's going to be leading off most lineups for the White Sox. Stock up, stock down after World Baseball Classic? Stock up. Yeah. And pissed, too, because of the reason we said that he's got a chip on his shoulder. Multiple reasons. Last year didn't end as way he wanted it to end. You know, didn't have the fans and or media on his side, which he said in the pre-meeting uh, with uh, Chuck Garfine. Then he went to the World Baseball Classic. I think in my heart, I believe that he'll get a couple starts, but mostly it'll be Trey Turner who'll be manning shortstop when the games really matter. No, he was so good that Mark DeRosa couldn't deny him and put him at a position he had never played in his professional career before. And so, yes, stock up for Tim Anderson because it looks like he's still got the hit tool. He's still Tim Anderson. You pitch him outside, he's going to serve that ball into right field, get a double, and then the speed. Remember I said he was low flying around the bases. It looks like the legs are healthy, the growing, which bothered him so much last year, looks healthy. And if he can continue with that, stock is way up for Timmy. 
I'd say up basically because TA is TA. So, I mean, it's back to where it should be in terms of the stock, but it's up because last year spent a lot of time, uh, you know, uh, affected by injuries, as did many of these guys uh, uh, on the White Sox, uh, throughout the White Sox lineup. So um, fans needed to see health from Tim Anderson, and boy, in the WBC, did he show it, that he was healthy, and that when he's healthy, he's the exact guy that you would expect him to be. Uh, I don't think there was anything that you could look at in that World Baseball Classic performance that he had and say, mm, leaving something to be desired. Uh, this is uh, the, the, the leader of this lineup, the guy at the top of the lineup, and uh, White Sox fans should expect to see that guy that they saw in the World Baseball Classic for the next six months. Thirded. I have nothing else to add. Um Aloy Jimenez, stock up, stock down. I would say for me, his stock is up, and I don't even consider the stuff that he uh, he got hurt with the other day. It was a minor injury, crampness, but just crampness. He just yeah. needed a day fluids. Off. Yeah, he's probably been traveling. You know, going from Miami to Arizona. It's a little uh, trip, and then he started playing like immediately. He's a but, tall guy. That yeah. air, those airplane seats, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> probably and where that cramping comes from. I've cramped up on an airplane. Before. Just like most people. Iron sharpens iron. He's been around the best players in Dominican and getting tips from people like Nelson Cruz, uh, like Robinson Cano was a little older, but like all these players who are Dominican players, like they, he's been around the best of the best. And he's like, okay, I'm getting little tips from these guys, seeing exactly what they're doing. And in the World Baseball Classic, he didn't do for power. He just hit. That's all he did. He was like, I'm hitting. I'm doing my regular thing. And he almost crushed a home run. I think it went 105 miles per hour. Almost knocked on the left field wall in Miami. But I think his stock is way up. His experience only lasted like five days, though. So I don't know how much uh, experience he could glean. Uh, They got bounced real quick. Small sample size, but the dude hit 450 in the World Baseball Classic. Uh, I mean, you know, I know uh, nobody wants to hear this name brought up, but I'll remind of something that former hitting coach Frank Manichino used to hey. say, which was believing that Aloy could be a no-doubt 300 hitter. Oh. Uh, and, and you know, he has the ability to do that. Obviously, you look at Aloy, you look at, you know, his, his size and you go, why don't you go hit 40 home runs? But dude can hit 300 as well. He's a very good hitter. Uh, I would just say neutral just because his uh, his his second half last year was so good that was also affected by uh, you know the aftermath of the midseason injury or the early season injury. Um, you know he's healthy now. He's trimmed down. Uh, he says, "Hey, when I was in the minors, I was doing so good because I was this body weight. Want to get back to it?" So I think it, it's 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 either right where it was because I think a lot of people were expecting a big season from Aloy because he was one of the few guys returning guys that. Had a, had a very positive offensive season last year, even if it wasn't as long as it should have been uh, because, of the, because of the health. So uh, I'll, I'll say he stays where he was, which was already pretty high. Yeah, uh, since when he returned, uh, July 6th uh, for, uh, after that injury, uh, top 10 player in all of baseball, according to Wade Runs Created Plus, uh, 154, 15 players, including Lars Newtbar. We're above. Go uh, down to the convenience store and pick yourself up a nutritious Lars Newt bar. Do you guys want to hear something stupid? And it's probably why Steven Nicholas picked Aaron Judge number one. Uh, again, there's uh, 15 players uh, since July 6 with a weighted runs created plus of uh, 150 or higher. Uh, Aaron Judge led this category. Can you guess his weighted runs created plus since July 6? Was it over 200? It was well over 200. <laughs> 245. <laughs> Gee, um, pretty good. So, yeah, he was just, what, uh, 245 or... 145 percent better than an average major league baseball player. Barry Bonds area right there. 33 home runs, casual. 
20 walk 20 percent walk rate 33 home runs uh, a 768 casual uh slugging percentage 7.3 war American as well like pitchers not know what walks are playing like center field intentional walk go your ass the first he also stole 10 bags um <laughs> center field yes yeah, yeah. it's ridiculous it's like a nine foot tall center fielder very good uh very good at sports uh let's get to the next player uh yohan mankata uh, just keeping on the world baseball classic train uh, our final hitter uh from the world baseball classic on the white Sox. way up Way up. Only thing stopping him is injuries, as most of these players are. It's the same thing with Luis. I'm denigrating him for the bad World Baseball Classic. I'm put those in quotes. Yohan had a phenomenal uh, World Baseball Classic, which started off badly. In the first two games was not great. I think it was one for 11. Then he hit, I think, his last 15 at-bats, got 10 hits. Some doubles, a home run in there, and, uh, of course, the glove is always there. So up. Way, way, way up. And, I mean, I think you've got to remember, it's it's not just about uh, where they should have been. It's where they were when spring training started, and that means where they were when the regular season ended last year. And I think everybody uh, who watches this team was coming into spring training saying, all right, can Yoan go back to being just okay? Can he go back to being not the, the the really tough offensive player that he was last year when he had a really tough season? Can he go back to being just fine and 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 worth having in the lineup he showed in the world baseball classic he's a guy that can be an extraordinarily positive contributor to this lineup one of the guys who could be counted on the most if he can do that on a consistent basis um that guy that you saw in 2019 he's still there and uh, team cuba just got him Team Cuba just got him, so uh, we'll see if the White Sox get him, too. Hopefully. Health, again, is the biggest word for Yohan Moncada, Luis Robert, Aloy Jimenez, and Tim Anderson. As long as those guys are healthy, hopefully they'd be able to produce. Um, those four, um, especially with Yohan Moncada's stock going up. Andrew Benatini, I think it's tough to say stock up, stock down. Um, we have never seen him put on a White Sox uniform. I think the one thing you can say about that, about him, is if you let me get my oh. Benintendi thoughts in uh, right now, maybe jumping the gun a little bit here, but uh, is just... He is a guy who so much was made out of him being able to augment his offensive ability to the park that he was in. He did that very successfully for Kauffman Stadium. He's coming now to a park in Guaranteed Rate Field where it's a little easier to do a little, uh, you know, a little power, power hitting, a little some of the other things that you can do with the bat. So maybe you can say it's up just because he has a history of of adapting to the park that he's in now that he's in a more hitter friendly park maybe he could have some more hitter friendly production which would be pretty impressive considering he had very hitter friendly production uh last year split in time between kc and the bronx so uh i think you could make a case that he would be up uh Although that is kind of uh, where he was at the you know beginning of spring training too, because we haven't really heard much about Andrew Benintendi, which I think is kind of the uh, the norm for Andrew Benintendi. It sounds like <laughs> yeah, uh, very quiet. Uh, just puts down his uh, head and works. Uh, but uh, this is from Esteban Rivera, kind of talking about this, uh, a Fangraphs article talking about the batted ball profile chameleon uh, that Andrew Benintendi is. Um, his op, wait, oh, uh, so his. Opposite field fly ball rate, which is obviously important because we want him to see him pull the ball. Um, and I think James Fegan from The Athletic just recently talked about both Andrew Vaughn and Andrew Benatendi, the Andrews, the Andrews. Uh, pulling fly Andrew balls and more. Andrew. The uh, adventures of Andrew and Andrew. <laughs> we're we're going to have a lot of fun with that. Um, Benatendi on opposite field fly balls. Uh, fly ball percent in 2021, 40.5. Uh, in 2022, 31.9%. Opposite field fly ball rate, 42.4% to 53.4% in 2022. Uh, his way to run created plus on that, 105 to 126. Uh, upped it for Kauffman Stadium. Uh, but then once he, when he went to the Yankees, uh, his line drive pull percent, 
The Royals in 2022, 20.5%, with the Yankees, 47.8%. So basically able to double it and some uh, when he went to the Yankees, obviously understanding the park that he played in and the poll percentage, 28.2% to 38%. Um, so just to add to some stats to that point, and obviously I think the White Sox have the third best park for home runs when it comes to lefty hitters. I wanted Kyle Schwarber. I got Andrew Benatendi. Doesn't mean that he's a bad baseball player, so right. I'm going to say his stock's neutral. But my question is he a top three hitter for the White Sox? Is it Aloy, Robert, and Anderson, and Ben Attendee somewhere behind them? You're like saying what, hitter as if in weighted runs created plus? I don't know. Or I mean, average, like, or putting bats a ball? It, we, we just did a fantasy draft. You know, just would I, I power rank him? I would say no, he's not a top three hitter for the White Sox. If everything's right, the best hitter in the White Sox is Aloy Jimenez. Then it's followed by probably Yohan Moncada and Luis Robert. Huh, really? Yeah. Because there's a guy named Tim Anderson who's won a batting title. He's right? good. Well, He's Bobby, a good. Bobby Witt, Ahmed Rosario, but, and Carlos Correa are all putting, better than him. But putting all those things together, like hitting, hitting for average, and what you do with those hits, I think those three, if all things being equal and they're all healthy, I think those three guys should be better hitters than Tim Anderson. No? I mean, I would, I would say that you're talking about like making an MVP case for somebody and Luis Robert should be hitting a lot more home runs than Tim Anderson hits that kind of thing. I get what you're saying. I don't think you're wrong. I would just argue that Tim Anderson could be the guy who leads the American league in hitting. That's right in the name. Yeah. That's why I was asking him. Like we're talking about average Tim. Yeah. I think we're talking about overall hitting the profile way to runs created plus whatever one you want to judge as your, just your, I don't know. We're talking about stock. So like which three white Sox hitters has the highest stock. I'll say this. I'll say this. I don't think I would put Andrew Benatendi in the three, if maybe four or five most important hitters on this team. Can you give me your top five? I would say Tim Anderson, Aloy Jimenez, Luis Robert Jr., and then I'm just literally the definition of this word important because I think they mean so them doing well means so much more to the success of the lineup overall than Ben Intendi just doing what he's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Yoan Moncada and Yasmani Grandal. Do you agree? Same. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't put Tim at the number one because I think Aloy's power, it just can carry a team for like weeks. Tim can carry an offense, yes, and make them go. But I think Aloy, being the complete hitter that he is, if he's healthy, he can carry this offense totally. I will just say, again, I think you're underrating Tim's power. We brought this stat up. Uh, in 2017, 17 home runs, 2018, 20 home runs, 2019, 18 home runs, 2020, 10 home runs, 2021, 17 home runs, obviously only six last year. Uh, it was a weird year for most White Sox, but Aloy Jimenez outside of his rookie year, uh, 14, 10 and 16, Luis Robert, 11, 13 and 12. So Tim Anderson, he plays a lot and he is very good at hitting. I think he could hit 20 home runs this year. That would, that would, that would have led the team last year. I'll say this. Tim Anderson hits 20 home runs. I'm not going to be surprised. Yeah, no, me either. But I, I, he, like, has, I, I, he obviously yeah. has the ability to and do he, that. And yeah. he has more in the trophy room. The batting title is a lot more than Luis Roberts' second place finish in the, in the rookie of the year. Like, I just think you Tim Anderson. You asked a different question. No, but I, like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just making the case for Tim Anderson. Right. I think he I think he is the most important. I'm not trying to – my bad. If, uh, like, I think Tim Anderson is the most important. Um, I would probably say Luis Roberts second, then Aloy because – 
I think he's just going to do what Aloy does, and as long as he's healthy, um, it's kind of a, that'll be really same, good. Yeah, it's yeah. It, but it's in the same Benatendi thing, like you know, uh, you know it's a little bit more expected. Yeah. I think Mancata, them both being seventy-five million dollar players in this these franchise, this franchise's eye, like you know, you have to have Mancata be at least Benatendi's baseline, and Benatendi's been able to have a, a solid baseline and achievable baseline. I think Jimenez has had as well when when healthy. Um, Mancata, it's fluctuated you know we have the odd year Mancata's and hopefully 2023 is more of the same but yeah I, I think Mancata's importance is huge I'll say this about Benintendi one of the reasons that they got him and they paid him as much as they did is the reliability factor the dependability factor and I think while every while we're still sitting here in 2023 wondering with all these core players ooh, can he be this can he be that can he be this or the other um you look at Benintendi and you go okay well you know they're gonna get that you're pretty confident that the White Sox are going to get that out of uh, Benintendi. So, yeah, it's it it's both a thing that maybe knocks him down a few pegs in this conversation because the other guy's ceilings are so high, but I think it's ver- a very positive attribute that he brings, and I think it's part of the reason that it was a good pickup for the White Sox because they've got one of those nine spots in the lineup every day where they're confident that they're going to get some something positive out of, out of him. And that's why I was going off of ceilings instead of what they're actually going to do this year. Ceiling for Aloy is higher than anybody on this team. Tim's ceiling, if Tim hits his 99th percentile, is it better than when Aloy's 99th percentile? No, it's not close. I think Aloy, at his best, is a better hitter than Tim Anderson. That's that. I don't think that should be questioned. Right. Well, it's a good problem for the White Sox to have. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, good problem for the White Sox to have. Again, I think Tim, Andrew a- Tim a- Anderson has led the American League in hits before. Yes. Pretty pretty clear. Usually over three twenty batting average. Mm-hmm. Pretty good hitter. Oh yeah, he's a I'm really just, good hitter. Yeah, I know. I know. Just, he's a good hitter, but I don't think he's bet the best hitter on the White Sox. I think he's been. Yeah. Well, he's the most proven, which is mm-hmm. different than you know stock at this point so that's fair um you talked about raising ceilings we're gonna take a quick ad break men you could raise your ceilings with roman um a lot of guys want a better sex life and 50 percent of men have systems well that kind of worked yeah Oh, okay. That ceiling, yeah? Yeah, well, I mean, 50% of men have symptoms that get in the way of wanting or enjoying sex. And if you want a better sex life, you're not alone. Men want to raise their ceilings Mm -hmm. in the bedroom, and Roman is here to help. The the digital health clinic for men, addressing a variety of sexual health needs and offering genuine medication that helps achieve and maintain a strong erection. Roman offers... Uh, discreet wipes that help you last four times longer in bed as well and with men in with low t getting testosterone levels back to normal can help increase your libido again increase your libido higher your ceiling i thought it was a decent i didn't think it was that much of a stretch roman offers testosterone tests which include lab processing and if it's appropriate for you treatment for low testosterone there's also no waiting rooms no hassle it is a straightforward digital experience for the from the comfort of your home so if uh you know Medication is right for you, but not visiting an actual doctor's office, sitting and waiting is not right for you. Uh, go check out Roman. To learn more about how you can achieve your personal se- sexual health goals and higher your ceiling, go to row.co slash CHGO and get 20% off your first order. That's row.co slash CHGO. That rolls off the tongue. Very nice. Roman.com. Or, or no, row.co, not Roman.com. That's, don't go there. Uh, go to row.com <laughs> slash CHGO. I don't know why I just don't read the ads. Um, you had it and you lost and it. And I lost it. Um, Rotowire, it's baseball season, and we are seven days away from opening day. So you probably have your fantasy draft 
very soon because like most men, you probably procrastinated and are waiting for the last day and the last moment for people to just be ready. Um, I just, I know my group chat. I mean, w- women can play fantasy baseball. That's too. true. I'm yeah. sorry. I just, I, I, my group chat. Women can procrastinate too. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yes, we can. My bad. Sarah's on board. Uh, <laughs> and non-binaries as well. You know, anyone could procrastinate. Uh, I just have my fantasy group chat that I know March 29th, it's going to be like, all right, the draft's at 10 p.m. No. Uh, and everyone's wow. like, no, we can't do that. But it doesn't matter because, you know, everyone's procrastinated and there's no other way to do it. But Rotowire is giving you fantasy baseball news for over 25 years. They are pioneer of fantasy sports. They offer clean sheets, custom player rankings to fit all leagues like rotisserie, points, 10 cats, and 30 cats. And their experts will analyze all the wild baseball stats for you, like weighted runs, created plus barrel rates. They know all of the sleepers for every major league team. They know all of the prospect lists as well to help you analyze those for your first year player uh, player drafts. And they have mock draft galore and an axe, the expert function. We had Chris Crawford talk about a lot of these hitters uh, from Rotowire join us a couple Fridays ago, uh, and we dived deep into their stock. So if you do want to get some White Sox specific fantasy stuff there is a chgo white Sox episode out there for you but for a limited time rotowire is offering you a free two-day trial to our listeners just go to rotowire.com chgo to register there's no commitments they are so confident that you'll like their product and want to invest in a subscription plan that they don't even ask for a credit card up front so take a peek behind the paywall and when your trial is done you can decide if a rotowire package is right for you all right let's throw out um Yasmani Grandal, just real quick. Is his stock up with all the offseason work that he has done, or do you need to see it in action? Well, I think, I think again, we're, we're talking about from the beginning of spring training to now, right? And I think you can say that it's up because he hasn't had anything go wrong health-wise, right? And, I mean, that is the number one thing for him. We're still – it's still a question. We're still wondering. He hasn't proven anything definitively, but it's what can he handle behind the plate and is – any lingering effects of two years of significant injury going to do anything um, to, to him offensively. And so, yeah, to, to definitively answer those, we got to wait till April, wait till May, till the, till he, he starts piling up the at bats. But I think right now that he's made it through a healthy spring. That's a good sign that, that we haven't heard. Oh, he's got to throttle it back. Oh, they're managing this. Remember that was the, the talk last spring was, mm-hmm. Oh, they're they're They've got this intricate way in which they're managing his uh, catching workload during the spring mm-hmm. and then in the start of the regular season. And it never really got past that point. I feel like where we were ever all like, okay, that's all behind Yasmani now. So, um, Obviously, we know what he did in the offseason to work out. We knew that going into spring training. I think what we know now is that nothing bad has happened. There, there have been no setbacks. There has been no talk uh, of physical problems uh, over the last few weeks. I'm neutral because, as Vinny said, he needs to prove it. When he gets on the field, he needs to stay on the field. Like We know that he has knee back problems, and those are tough to get over. But I think his offseason work with the Blackhawk people – maybe trained him a little bit better and with the new White Sox staff and how they're going to be monitoring injuries and rest and such like that I think they're going to be trying to keep him on the field more actively like you know hey I don't care if you're you're sick today or uh, you're feeling good today how about you take a blow get a, a couple of bats at DH today instead of being behind the plate and, and you know ruin your knees or your back so he needs to prove it this year. I don't need the average to be anywhere. I just need Yoan, I mean, uh, uh, Yasmani to be the on-base monster that he usually is. If you could put a couple home runs in there, I'm, I'm decent for it. I didn't mind how they managed him in the COVID year. It seemed like he would catch 
two games, maybe even one game, uh, play a little DH, and we saw a lot of the backup catcher uh, of Zach Collins in, in, in the COVID year. Um, I would be fine if we saw a decent amount of Sebi Zavala uh, behind the plate this year, and we still saw Yasmani as a DH. It's all about when he's in, does he look like Yasmani Grandal? If Yasmani Grandal is walking and hitting home runs, I don't really care how he plays in the regular season because then if he's in the postseason, we know that he's going to probably get a lot of the starts in the postseason behind the plate. And if he's walking and hitting home runs, that's the best version that we want to see. So I don't even need to see 100 games from Yasmani Grandal. He had 20 home runs in 93 games in 2021. And if he's walking at a 15% rate, 20% rate, hell yeah, sign me up. Yasmani Grandal is back. But, you know, we need to see him play a month two months, three months before I can say his stock is up. I think his stock's neutral, and it's great to see him in camp and seem to be very positive about this year. So uh, knock on wood, let's hope for the best for Yasmani. And uh, uh, I just, again, have concerns about anyone with back problems. Yeah, you know, you could be 25 and be Andrew Vaughn or 34 and Yasmani Grandal. Still concerning, uh, nonetheless. COVID year was McCann. It was a bad bad. 21 was Collins. They each caught a no-hitter. (laughs) <laughs> yes, they did. Uh, and, and then there was Reese McGuire. And then who almost caught Dylan's? Was it Yasmani or was it Sebi in September? Mm, good question. A lot of weird I was uh, catchers. I for was in Atlanta. Because <laughs> A.J. Perzinski has never caught a no-hitter, right? No, he caught the... Uh, Umber? Yeah, he caught the Philip Umber okay. one. Because then Ramon Castro and... Yeah, because they had Burley's... The, game. Uh, by the way, Mark Burley's birthday. Happy birthday, Mark Burley. Hey, 44. Mark Burley used to get on him no. when... Um, when... Uh, Ramon Castro. Is he 40? I think he's he 44. 44. Yeah, okay, 44. Yeah. Uh, he used Think to get on Jake Pre- Pre- uh, Przinski because he didn't catch that no-hitter at that time. And he was like, oh, you suck, man. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're giving him shit. And, and, if, and if Brendan Ryan just runs to first, he doesn't catch a perfect game either. Because mm-hmm. Brendan Ryan was too busy arguing the strike three call. <laughs> just run. Um, all right, so we got through Yasmani. We're, we're positive on Yohan Moncada. Uh Elvis Andrews, pretty neutral. Um, you know, he's playing second base, and that's, you know, his You could hitting. argue that being a down, you know, just because it's a new position. But at the same time, like I just said about Grandal, right, we haven't heard anything negative. I don't think we've seen any, you know, mountain of flubs over there at second base. So, I mean, I think everybody that spoke on the White Sox, and granted you wouldn't expect them to say anything different, but has expressed great confidence that he'll be able to handle that without much problem. I think second base is an up. I think he's, I think he's an upgrade over... Josh Harrison, even though he's never played the position, he's an, up, I think he's, de- he's an upgrade offensively. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, I just look at the World Baseball be that Classic bad. where Tim went over to second base and he was butchering a couple of those balls. Like it's a different sport, and you could say that Elvis Andres is a better fielder what Tim is, and so Elvis will go over there a little bit more prepared, and he's a little bit more of a glove man than Tim would be. But it's a different step. It's different ball spin coming off the bat. So it'll be a difficult thing at the beginning. So for me, I am saying Elvis Andres last year to Elvis Andres this year, stock down. Well, I think he's going to be worse than his 43-game sample. That's for sure. Yeah, um, that's what I'm saying. There's no way he's hitting nine home runs in, in 43 games again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sure. But, but if like, you're saying, yeah, the second baseman last year to Elvis Andres, that's an upgrade. Yeah, so I, I'll, I'll say Elvis is, is, is a neutral. Um. Gavin Sheets and Oscar Colas. Let's do these two together just because they're fighting for that right field position. Uh, Oscar Colas has been hitting the cover off the ball, but we just saw uh, Gavin Sheets hit a home run off Freddie Peralta as well. Um, Are both players stock up? Colas is up. Colas, I think, is way up just because, again, I think at least personally, and and I think you guys shared a similar thought, like the expectation for him in the spring was 
don't be bad, mm-hmm. right? And 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 that he's gone out and been markedly better than not bad is uh, is impressive. I don't think it will uh, be replicated over the, the course of the regular season. I think he will have struggles because, hey, this is Major League Baseball. That's what happens. But um, I think that I've seen a lot more from him this spring than I thought I was going to see. I thought I was going to see a rookie be fine enough that the, he earned an opportunity. But he's earned a job with what he's done this spring. And so I would, I would have to say up for him. With Sheets, I think it's neutral. I think uh, Gavin was probably being looked at as a guy coming off the bench. He has done plenty to, I think, secure a bench spot, in my mind at least. You know, They don't need to send him down or, you know, or anything like that. So I'd go ahead and say he probably hasn't moved. I would agree with that, yes. Colas is a stock up, and Sheets is what I thought he's going to be. I That's what he's going to be in his major league career. He's going to be a power-hitting lefty guy who will pop one every once in a while and, you know, not really break through the lineup. If he's in your lineup, you can have him because he's replacement-level bat, maybe even slightly more. But defensively, he's a uh, little struggles if he plays right field. But uh, as uh, I think Vinny brought up yesterday, like, he's not the fourth outfielder. That's He has limitations. He's a... DH first baseman right fielder so he has limitations in what he can do for this team and so I like I said before I would send him down to the minors to get him more playing time just so he can play baseball a little bit more I think the bat's valuable enough I think the bat's valuable enough that you want it to try to help you to win games it you know even if it's situationally because those situations are going to arise and and those those maximizing your ability in those situations are the difference between winning a division or winning a championship but I don't know who he's going to be pitch hitting for in those spots. It could be anybody on any given day. You know what I mean? It's If Pedro's really going to play the matchups, it could be Elvis Andrews. It could be, you know, uh, Oscar Colas. It could be uh, Andrew Vaughn because Andrew Vaughn is, is a righty. Sheets a lefty. Who knows? Mm-hmm. So um, I, I really think it's going to be situationally based, and that's fine because mm-hmm. you need it, – it's, it's a luxury to have that kind of power coming off your bench, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, and to just talk about power on the bench, I mean, do you – do you try to make an uh, an upgrade within the organization? Gavin Sheets does have one minor league option, and Jake Berger is of the opposite hand. And if you're going to think that Oscar Colas is going to be the main right fielder, we've heard a lot about Aloy Jimenez possibly playing right field. Leary Garcia has the ability to play right field as well. Jake Berger last year was second. Or actually, he led the team uh, in Barrels per batted ball attempt, better than Aloy Jimenez at 14.9. Uh, does he have bench bat possibilities or a bench bat potential or do you want somebody who can go up against righties um i mean i think he the fact that he's not great in the field limits him like he can hit yeah and he can break a game open but i i don't know if you want that as a bat only person on the bench where you already have a bat only person in gavin sheets on the bench but it would be you would either or. Gavin. That's the, that's what I was just quoting. Okay, if, he, if those, he's only going to be a power bat um, with flexibility in right field and at first base, you know, you could have a guy who has flexibility at third base and first base, but instead of Colas and Sheets both being lefties, you'd have a lefty and a righty. I think you do meritocracy there, and then you say Sheets has earned the job more than what Gavin. Uh, Burger would do so. Yes, I would take Sheets over Burger just because he's a butcher at third. He can't field himself. Like you can't put him into a game and say, "Okay, we're gonna be good." He was just so bad defensively. I can't have him be one of the guys in on the lineup in the lineup that has to go in sometimes when Yoan is either sick or needs a blow. 
I can't have that. I mean, I think I think people would laugh. A lot of White Sox fans would laugh, and and, and Gavin has seen your jokes uh, at the notion that Gavin is much better defensively than anybody, that Gavin provides much better defensive flexibility than anybody, but it is true when you're talking about him and Jake Berger. Um, Jake Berger uh, has been awesome when he's been given a shot to hit at the major league level. Uh, He has been the opposite of awesome when he has been put in the field at the major league level. But, hey, that bench unit, that reserve unit, it goes past the major leagues. You know what I mean? If you don't think Jake Berger is going to play for the White Sox this year, I think you're mistaken. You're sorely mistaken. He's going to get his shot. There are going to be times when guys go on the IL for a week and a half, and they're going to need somebody to call up to, 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 take, a, to take a few swings, and he's going to take those few swings. I wouldn't be surprised if a few of them end in home runs. He's, he, you, you, need, you need more than just nine starting position players, DH included, um, to, to win a championship, and that includes Gavin Sheets and that if he's on the bench, and that includes Jake Berger if he starts the year at Charlotte. I was going to try to include Romy Gonzalez, but Jake Berger compared to Romy Gonzalez, I mean, would, who would be the first right-handed off the, 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 the pile, I, I guess? I think it de- depends on the situation. Or if, 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 Han- you're, if Hanser accepts a minor league and Leary makes a team, does I, that also depend on it as well? I would pick Hanser over all those guys. Because of the ability to do multiple things. And the bat has been good this spring training. And you want to talk about stock up. That guy's got the highest arrow pointing up. I didn't know he was this guy. And it's spring training. So he's been going against a a diluted spring training because of World Baseball Classic. But all he's done is perform. And Hanser can play you, what, a middle infield pretty well? Uh, those are much more valuable than a corner. I mean, corner infielder is pretty valuable at third, but if you got a guy who can glove it at second and short and maybe can go in the right field, I would take Hans Roberto over those three guys we've been talking about. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a bunch of different questions. I think we've talked about the Alberto versus Leary position battle kind of thing, and here we are a week from opening day, and I think it's, it could go in either way because Alberto has earned it. Man, he's earned it with what he's done in spring training. But... Larry is a guy who they made an investment in and and they they made that investment for a reason whether you know you want to chortle at that notion or not that he deserved that they saw somebody who had been a very versatile piece for them for years and said okay we would like to pay for that versatility and again you can laugh at 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 the way that it's ended up but I think that uh they probably still see him as somebody who can do what they think thought he could do when they gave him that contract that being said he had an awful year last year mm-hmm. he had an unhealthy year last year and Hanser Alberto is doing everything you could possibly ask for somebody to do on and off the field at spring training uh, plus he has seemingly the a very high vote of confidence from his manager who is going to be one of those decision makers you would imagine that it's going to be a, a, a room in Arizona Rick and Pedro and, and Kenny and whoever else are going to be in there. And Pedro is going to be saying Hans or Alberto belongs on this team if they've got room for him. And, and so I, I think that, uh, I think that that is one question to answer your question about, you know, throwing Romy in there and some of the other guys, when we get to late April or mid May and there's an injury of, of some kind, and there always is, it's baseball depends on what that injury is. If Yohan Moncada gets hurt and you need a guy to play third base on the on the regular, then that's a different question than, uh, you know, Oscar Colas is down for a week and a half and you need somebody maybe just to fill in uh, as a bench bat because Gavin Sheets can go play right field, you know? So um, those are situation-by-situation situation things, and, I, and I, I don't think you can just line them all up and say, all right, 
First guy that gets hurt, we're going to call on you because you have the best bat. I think there's more than goes into it than that. That's fair. Um, at this point, I, I, I do think, again, Hanser has earned it, and I think the only thing that would benefit Leary is the versatility, not only being a switch hitter, but also being able to play every position outside of catcher and first base. Um, Hanser does have some of that flexibility, but it does seem easier for Leary, and he could play third and center like very well like those are two of his better positions just because he's got a really good arm and you know he's, he's pretty quick out there so um, I, I do think that versatility should benefit him um, those are basically all of the hitters we haven't talked about Sebi Zavala he's making the team uh, Carlos Perez has been sent down I believe uh, to Charlotte uh, so it seems like Sebi's got that position locked down the only other guy is Andrew Vaughn I feel no different than okay. I felt before which which is actually a good sign considering the fact that he sat out of a, a week with a with a bad back. Mm-hmm. I guess it's a good sign that you can point to that injury as probably not being something you're overly concerned about, mm-hmm. um, and still looking for the same kind of production. I, I, again, I I think you're right. I don't think there's anything that he's done during the spring that changed the way that you would thought have thought about him when spring training started. He's hitting the ball as I expected. So he's Andrew Vaughn. I I just want to see him glove it at first, like. Playing first base is his natural position, but the whole thing when he got drafted was he's going to hit. He can hit in the major leagues now when he got drafted, and no one really said anything about his glove. But first base, and if you've been playing it for a while, it's not that hard of a position. It's incredibly hard. Uh, <laughs> but it's not that hard, and the bases are bigger, so that should help Andrew Vaughn in that regard. I'm, le- I'm less interested to see him field his position at first base, which I would imagine he can do just fine being a lifelong first baseman. More interested to see about guys hitting him, throwing to first base, because him and Jose uh, Jose Abreu, different. two different people well, over you, there at, at first base. So and you we'll didn't see. want to ask about his height. You thought it was rude. But it is rude. It is rude. <laughs> I, I think they're lying about the numbers, and I think that they should be more honest because hey, he Andrew, is definitely um, under six feet tall. Vinny Duber, CHO Sports, 5'8"? Uh, he, he just we, we had bye. the one. Bye. We had the one. On, we had the one on one. Uh, just you know, <laughs> hey, sizing you up. What? What? You know, maybe, maybe you could have. Maybe you know. Uh, hey, did you have any traditions? I had a tradition where my dad, uh, you know, marked my height. Uh, what was the last time you were marked for your height? How tall are you? He's like six one. Um, no, Andrew, shut up, Andrew Vaughn at spring training. Thirty one at bats, ten hits. Uh, that's good. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Uh, one double, one homer, one triple, four RBIs, five walks, two doubles, uh, 323 average, 364 on base, 516 slugging, 880 OPS. Um, I have concerns about the back, but overall stock up for me. Um, I've had the thread on Twitter about his uh, batting hands and how he's changed his position um, and really what he's struggled with and how I think he's really going to improve is just damaging fastballs and it seems like he has improved his batting position to damage fastballs and he talked about pulling balls uh, as well and I, I think that's going to be huge pulling balls in the air is going to be huge for Andrew Vaughn hopefully we see more of that and I think he's really poised for a big big year let's take a break and get into the pitchers after the break we want to let you know though about ComEd ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve save money and uh, we serve manage energy usage, and lower energy bills now and into the future. ComEd offers a wide array of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across our territories. And customers can inquire about how to upgrade outdated lighting to energy and money-saving LED... Uh, uh, customers can inquire about how to upgrade outdated lighting to energy and money-saving 
efficient LED lights. Learn more about network lighting to operate your lights through your mobile device and track your facility's energy usage and more. Centis have recently increased for indoor-outdoor lighting and network lighting controls, making these projects even more cost-effective than before. So visit ComEd.com slash PoweringBIZ now to start saving money and energy. That's ComEd.com slash PoweringBiz. Starts a project. You can contact us at 1-855-433-2700. For more information, you can email businessee at ComEd.com. Com. Also want to let you know about DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, there are four big college basketball games on tonight. Kansas State, Michigan State, UConn, Arkansas. Got Florida Atlantic, Tennessee, and Gonzaga, UCLA. The game I like the most is Connecticut versus Arkansas. I like UConn minus three and a half at minus 115 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and sign up with code minus 110. Look at that. Uh, even better. Download the app now and sign up with code CHGO, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Let's get into the pitchers. Uh, Dylan Cease, we talked about this pre-show. He is a neutral. Uh, Lance Lynn, though, because, um, you know, Dylan, since spring training, he, he's, you know, we'll wait and see. He was really good last year. Nothing has really changed with Dylan Cease. Uh, Lance Lynn, though, seems like he is stock up after his fantastic World Baseball classic performance yeah I mean I think you'd have to say so even if you were plenty confident in where he was going to be at the start of spring training after watching him the last couple months of last season um, I I still think uh, that he's you know primed for a big year and I think spring showed it you know I mean he he was able to ramp it up in the world baseball classic in a way that he might not have if he was just playing cactus league uh, games so uh, he's a guy that looked like he was ready for opening day when I got down to Arizona. He's a guy that looked like he was ready for, uh, you know, late July by the time he was done pitching in the World Baseball Classic. So uh, ready to go is Lance Lynn. And, you know, it, again, it's it's health. But I think last year was an injury. He was hurt. You know, I don't think it was this kind of thing where it's like, oh, man, he kept getting banged up and banged up and banged up. He just couldn't really start being Lance Lynn until midway through the season because of uh, that surgery that happened in the spring. Yeah, Lance Lynn, with uh, even his minimal uh, appearances in spring training, was like second in, in strikeouts for the White Sox pitching staff. Uh, Lucas led with 15, and Lance had 12. And then the World Baseball Classic, I think you read a stat the other day, or uh, was it Vinny or you, that said if uh, Otani didn't pitch that last inning, he would have led the whole World Baseball Classic in innings pitched. And so he's ready to go, and he looked really good, too, in the World Baseball Classic. So I think, it, like the European basketball players, how they started off the season in the NBA and they were just gone, I think this is going to help for American and other players who competed in the World Baseball Classic, especially if you perform well. And Lance Lynn performed very well. He was the best pitcher on the American League starters. Well, and we the, saw uh, American starters. We saw how good Johnny Cueto was with his pitch mix, being able to go to any pitch and any count. Lance Lynn has basically six pitches now that he all trusts. Um, his changeup was fantastic last year. He kind of tweaked his curveball and turned it into a sweeper. He's got those three fastballs, the fastball, the two-seamer, the cutter. Um, all of those are dominant. And unlike Johnny Cueto, he can strike guys out. I mean, eight strikeouts to one walk. Um, what I think it was like 72 Ks to six walks uh, since like uh, the All-Star break uh, to end the season. He can just dominate hitters, and I don't think that's going to change. He, he seems to be healthy, um, and just like Aloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, you know, Moncada, Tim Anderson, all of that was the qualifier with them. Lance Lynn seems healthy. Stock up, stock massively up for Lance Lynn. And if he needs a chip on his shoulder, like he said from last year, you got it. 
But this year, just released today, ESPN released their top 100 players. There are five White Sox in there. Lanson was not one of them. And so he can look at that and said, oh, the disrespect. Lucas Giolito was 97th. And Lance Lynn was not there. Yeah. 100 was uh, Aloy Jimenez. I would put Aloy above Lucas. That's for sure. Lucas is our next guy. Um, Funny that, you know, on foul territory with uh, AJ and Eric Kratz, they asked him if he was underrated. And he was like, yeah, you probably get... Uh, you know, a little less suspecting when you've been around for a while. And Lance Lynn is definitely better than Lucas Chilito in my mind. So I, I would have, I would have ranked him higher. Uh, Lucas though, being the 97th best player, according to ESPN uh, stock up, stock down after his spring training. I think up, I think most of that has to do with probably in the, in most people's mind has to do with the physical, you know, I mean, with, with the body, uh, the, the weight loss, the body change uh, from where it was a year ago. And um, we know that that kind of threw things off for him last year. Injuries didn't help obviously, but um, I, I think he is probably primed for a nice comeback season. Just if you look at his reasoning of, of getting the weight down, which was, Hey, Two years ago, three years ago, when I was really good, when I was an all-star after being the worst pitcher in baseball, uh, you know, I was I was about this weight. So get back to it. You're able to do the things you were able to do back then. Uh, I think that you'd have to say up with him. The performances have been good as well. And, uh, you know, you might bristle at, and certainly I've picked Lance Lynn to be among the best pitchers in the American League this year. You might bristle at the idea of Lucas being ranked ahead of him, but uh, don't say it's impossible. Uh, because this is still Lucas Giolito, the guy who we saw a few years ago not only be an all-star, not only throw a no-hitter, uh, but be the kind of guy that can be the ace of his staff. And I think Lucas has something to prove, as is his walk year. And as we're talked about ad nauseum, injuries are not a thing for him this year. He didn't um, have an offseason last year where he was directed by White Sox staff. This year he was directed by White Sox staff. Got to talk to Mr. Katz, and now it looks like he's back to being regular Lucas. I don't know what the miles per hour are. Maybe he's uh, close to where he used to be, but if he can work that, and I know Lucas is kind of like Andrew Benatendi in that fashion where he works with what the stuff that he has at the time. And last year he had garbage stuff from for most of the starts, and the fact that he got out where where he was where like a with a five ERA is a miracle because some of that garbage was just middle, middle, 91 miles per hour fastballs. And they're like, well, I'm going to crush this. And so if he's anywhere incrementally better than that, it's stock up 100%. And he's got to get his money right. So I think if he is 97, which is better than Lance Lynn, and if he shows this year that he's better than Lance Lynn, we know that Lance Lynn, if he's healthy, is going to be a good pitcher, pretty great pitcher. If Lucas Giolito is better than that, we got something cooking there. Well, again, uh, 14 players uh, since 2019 have a F war of 13 or higher. Lucas is at 14. Lance Lynn is at seven. Um, they've been two of the best pitchers since 2019. Um, also, just great to see. I think the velocity seems to be back. Um, he was sitting around 92 back on March 5th, but uh, in his nine and one third of innings uh, pitched in spring training, uh, 15 strikeouts. It's a 14.8 K per nine and 15 strikeouts to four walks. Nice. That is a basically four to one ratio, a whip of 1.18. If he has a whip of 1.18 and a K per nine of 14.8, he's going to have a great year. I'll <laughs> do it. Um, uh, probably one of the best years of White Sox history. Yeah. Like Chris Sale, like, like a 12 nine. Right. Um, so again, I, I think, uh, you know, we'll have to see, but if he stays healthy, um, he should be a lot better than what he was last year. So let's say stock up for him. Um, Michael Kopech, he is currently pitching against the Giants. Um, well, he, he's done pitching against the Giants. Uh, three innings, seven hits allowed, five earned runs, four walks, 
three Ks. Michael Kopech, stock up, stock down. Down from where he was last year because he was he injured. He uh, ended the year injured. Started this off season injured. Didn't really do the throwing program and all the stuff that other people would do at the time. So he's ramping up right now. So stock down, but doesn't mean that I don't think he's going to have a phenomenal year. The thing I, I worry about, not the runs scored, not the runs given up, is the walks. That is his bugaboo. He needs to stop walking people. And I know it's more of a thing that he's not trying to walk people. He just doesn't have the command control of the pitches that he's trying to throw. So that's the thing I'll be looking forward to is his command and control inside the strike zone. Because we know the stuff is good enough to play, but you can't be walking people and giving them free bags. They've got they've got guys like both Michael and both Lucas fall into that category of uh, they're such good interviews and they, they share so much about what's going on with them that it almost works against them sometimes in the mm-hmm. eyes of, of some folks. And, and what I'm about to say might be just a result of Michael being honest about dealing with some stuff. Uh, he's the one who's spoken up the most about having some issues with the pitch clock. Yeah. Um, he mentioned uh, it kind of having almost a physical effect on him one of his first couple times out. I believe he got dinged for a violation today. Yep. Um, so that'll be something worth watching. But again, it also might be nothing. It might just be, you know, he was like, oh, well, hey, you're asking me about the pitch clock? Oh, yeah, I did feel a little different when I was out there. Maybe you just he doesn't share that. And nobody's talking about this. But um, again, I, I would agree with you, Herb, down probably just because he didn't get to make those tweaks during the offseason. We found out when we got to when we got to spring training that he was maybe a skosh not behind schedule physically, but just behind schedule in terms of what his teammates had been doing. Um, I, I still think he could have a very good year, but I think the questions loom largest for him than they do for any pitcher in the White Sox rotation. That includes somebody we haven't talked about yet, Mike mm-hmm. Clevenger. Yeah, well, before we get to Clevenger, uh, this is from James Fegan, too. Uh, Kopech sitting 91-94 to 94 with his heater. We saw his first game against the Angels he was sitting 95 and now this is multiple times where we've seen him get down to 91 and that's when he got into issues last year I I had no choice but to say stock down I don't know if he'll make 150 innings that would be a huge issue for this White Sox rotation and if he's going to continue to struggle with velocity as a starter there has to be the question of can he be a starter I don't want to ask that I I hope he has great success because he is so sharing and he is so open and honest and he is you know a really easy person to root for so I hope he has great success his stuff is great but it's about finding that stuff consistently and I I don't know if he can do that he's a fantastic pitcher and we saw what he can do in 60 to 70 innings in 2021 dominant but it's you know, can you do that over 150? And I don't know if he can. And I have a lot of concerns about that heading into the year. So we'll say stock down for Kopech. You bring up Clevenger, stock up, stock down for Clevenger. I think in terms of the baseball stuff, uh, and you know, I'm we're still making that does you know delineation with him. But in terms of the baseball stuff, I think you got to say up. I think the uh, the performance has been pretty good in terms of Cactus League starts. Um, he seems like a guy who you know working with Ethan Katz is probably going to benefit him from a baseball standpoint. Uh, uh, and obviously the questions were huge uh, when he came into camp because you know coming off of some injury affected seasons, he didn't know what he was capable of doing on the mound I mean the White Sox say oh remember that guy who was so good for Cleveland a few years ago well you you do have to remember a little bit because it has been a couple of years but um, it it seems like there that he's showing again from a baseball standpoint everything that you would want to see in terms of results from a starting pitcher I would say neutral with him as the pitcher of fifth starter will will be the fourth starter in the first rotation uh, wrap up but I'm expecting him to be the pitcher he was last year for the San Diego Padres. 
nothing too great, nothing too bad. You know, if you're, if you're the fifth starter, what he did last year works, I like a little bit more length, uh, maybe 140 innings and just a little bit more execution. But if Michael, if uh, uh, Clevenger can give the White Sox what they signed him for, it's not a hard job. Five innings, five and dive. That's all I need from him. Or three earned runs or less. That's a 450 ERA, I believe. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't, I don't know what to make of his his spring training starts. Uh, Eleven and one third innings, ten hits allowed, six earned runs, four homers, two walks, ten Ks, one hundred six WHIP, uh, two thirty eight average. Um, I mean, it doesn't seem like he's got ninety five back, but I'm not sure if that you know is just within the building up of of a year. Um, we are talking about practice. We are talking about practice. That up. Um, <laughs> there also hasn't. I don't know if he's made an actual NBC Sports Chicago start, mm. so we haven't actually seen like the true angle where we've watched a lot of these pitchers start from. So it's tough to see what his breaking ball stuff looks like. So I'll say neutral on Clevenger. Um, again, he's a fifth starter. So expectations are lower than Kopech, Cease, Lynn, and Giolito. But, but still I would with say, the baggage, I, I you know, he, he has to be a fifth starter. Well, I'm just saying he, he, I think he was starting from a much lower point than those guys, though, coming into the spring, right? So, I mean, if he can, you know, they signed him and everybody was, and the reaction from fans was like, this is the guy that you're basically giving the keys to a job in the rotation to. Uh, and, and again, I'm talking strictly baseball stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for him to go out and be unconcerning from a baseball standpoint, you know, not blowing up uh, in terms of uh, uh, looking real bad, the, the qualms that you have with what Kopech has done. He has not had that, I don't think, or to mm-hmm. that degree. So um, I think you can make an argument that it's up, even if it's not up that high. From where he started, it was so low that, you know, maybe there was no place to go but up. Same thing. I would worry about him more with the pitch clock, the happy feet and such. I know that, you know, some people got outlawed on that. I haven't seen, like you said, NBC Sports Chicago broadcast of him, but I can imagine that that would be hard for him where all the stuff they used to do out of the windup on the stretch might cause him some troubles. So Kopech was dinged with a pitch violation that's just a strike right or a ball i, ball. I assume it's a ball okay because yes. yeah. um there was a list of a wild pitch is that now listed as a wild pitch or is it just i don't know okay because yeah. i i'm just trying to figure out um clevenger does not have any box this year um two wild pitches though so i'm just trying to figure out if either of those were pitch violations or not i don't um, i don't understand why they would be scored as a wild pitch that yeah. doesn't seem to make yeah, any it's, sense. it's just yeah. a new rule yeah. Yeah. yeah um but three stolen bases no caught stealing uh, if we're looking at that rule, uh, he does have one pickoff as well, though. Um, but very, very, very small sample size. And two, we're going to see stolen base numbers in general just go up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people will yeah. just be uh, more efficient at that. Um, but Clevenger, maybe with the weird delivery, maybe he'll be easier to time and maybe it's longer to the plate, which, I mean, we saw JT Romito. He had like a perfect pop and still couldn't throw a guy oh out in the God. World Baseball Classic. So uh, bigger bags, quicker guys, uh, you never know. But uh, Clevenger, I would say just neutral. Um, let's get into the bullpen here. Um, we can go fairly quick on this yeah you uh, probably do one words yeah uh I, well, I think the easiest one bummer neutral for me i would say stock down just because there's some injury concerns heading into the season yeah not down much right you know what i mean but, but yeah. concerns yeah um, more than than others uh graven uh up. Ne- neutral i thought he was awesome last year and he's pro- and he's done nothing to discourage that. Yeah. yeah i mean super soft sample size so i'd say neutral yeah he i mean he didn't get enough uh, pitching opportunities in the World Baseball Classic, but he when he did, he performed. Inning and a third. Uh, Joe Kelly. It looks good. Up. Can't be worse than last year. 
I'd say neutral. You keep talking about how good the stuff was last year. Yeah. I mean, all he's got to do is do his job again and get better luck, right? Stop yeah, walking. I think he's, <laughs> yeah, this, this stock up just because his FIP was like the lowest in his career, but, you know, the, the ERA wasn't. So, I mean, there was just a huge discrepancy there. Um, I think Kelly uh, being more comfortable second year in Chicago, I, I'd say stock up for him. Raylo. Up. Huge. Sky's the roof. Yeah. Your new closer. Huge. But again, from the beginning of, of spring. Like I think, I, mean, I think the expectations were yeah, huge for him going in. But, but, he, but he, I think his, he raised his his ceiling because Pedro talks about how good he looks, and then yeah. also you hear about him going to driveline and him trying to now max out. Like him going to a reliever, he understands like what he needs to do in each pitch. Uh, he he knows that he could throw any pitch in each count. Um, he doesn't have to worry about setting guys up for you know future at bats in a game like starters like oh I'm gonna see this guy for a second time or a third time he can just go after guys and now he's trying to bolster his stuff throw even harder and if he's throwing 101 consistently or 100 consistently watch out world I mean Raylo could be you know a, a monster I hope people aren't thinking that my parade of neutrals here is a meh review on the bullpen. Just, I think the yeah. Sox bullpen is really good. I thought it was really good when they showed up to spring training. I think it's really good now. <laughs> it's tough to glean uh, out of spring training as well results. Uh, Jake Diekman, I'd say neutral. Yep. Sure. Okay. Uh, Jose Ruiz. Way up. That one's Through easy. The ceiling. <laughs> the highest roof, the highest uh, stock up on all the players. Jose Ruiz. He's shown something to me that uh, I didn't know he had. And his, his stuff was so good. If you brought if you bought Close Ruiz stock back in February, you're looking at like an uh, '80s Apple style return, aren't you? Here, like I don't like <laughs> we put those four people in the hey who can going to be the closer by committee. I think people could put Jose Ruiz into that conversation. We'll now. see what happens. We'll see what because Sean here's the says thing. no. Well, my point is this: they can the the way the bullpen works, you can earn. Uh, you yes. can earn, you can pitch your way in to that group where you might not be able to do that with other positions on the roster, right? Most of the guys who are playing, uh, p- you know, fielding positions or, or in the lineup, they're there. Those are your guys in the bullpen, especially with the situation the White Sox have where they're doing closer by committee. Yeah, they throw Jose Ruiz out there for the month of April in the sixth inning, and he doesn't give up a run. All of a sudden, they're going to start putting him in the eighth and the ninth in, in May. Yeah, well, I mean, hopefully, I mean, that would probably depend if Kendall Graveman and Joe Kelly are pitching poorly and if Aaron Bummer's around. and Matchups, right, right baby. Now, I mean, I know, but so think about the, the Jose Ruiz thing, like, let's slow the roll just a little bit because it was only four and a third innings. Like, I, it, you it was pronounced it, Sean. It's Jose Ruiz. Jose Ruiz <laughs> only pitched four and a third innings. I loved what we saw. He was dominant. He was fantastic. Put some respect on Jose Ruiz's name. Yes. Absolutely. He's not bad. And the fact that they got him for a million dollars this year is a steal. And, and again, he's under 30. There could be a lot of potential with Jose Ruiz. And it seems like he's more comfortable with this third pitch. But he flashed the third pitch last year. We saw a very good stretch of Jose Ruiz earlier on in the season. And then as the season went on, he got a little bit worse and, you know, turned back to normal Jose Ruiz. Normal Jose Ruiz is a relief pitcher. It's, it's just with... Relief pitchers, your stock could go up with two outings, and then it could go down Absolutely. with one bad outing. Absolutely. So Jose Ruiz is the same Jose Ruiz, in my opinion. He just had a really great World Baseball Classic. So I, think, I would say stock is is up because he had that performance, but it's not skyrocketing. I think it's, it's a much. I think the conversation with him is much different. We're joking about Jose Ruiz. I think the conversation is much different because at the start of spring training, we were talking. We were wondering if he was going to make the team. Yes, and now. 
not only is he in our minds, at least a lock for the bullpen, he's a guy that could be used in a variety of different roles, as opposed to if he makes the team, he's going to be the mop up guy. I think it was disrespectful to think that he wasn't going to make the team because he was, I mean, he's just been relied on for the past really three happened. years. I mean, like if it's it, it, it was Nick, more so him than or he Nick was out Avila. of options. Yeah. Yeah. But if it right. was him or Nick Avila, I think they would have sent Avila back to San Francisco without a problem. But you're acting like the World Baseball Club is nothing. I'm telling you, these people are the best of the best, and he went against the best lineup I'm, where Martin no, Perez struggled, a top starter who got paid a lot of money this offseason, struggled versus that American team, and then he came in and he made sweet love to every player that he bat- he went against. It was, a, it was four innings. That's all I'm saying. And he didn't give up a damn thing. That's great. And he, he looked he, great. I can find you stretches like that from last year, and you probably weren't say- you're no, probably saying the same thing. And then, I you was. Know, in April, comes- I remember April May. They were using him for high leverage situations all the time, and I was pissed, but he kept on coming out clean. All right, so the first five games for Jose Ruiz, four and a third innings in, in 2022. Improve, though. Um, huh? People can't approve, especially. I'm no, saying no, that I'm, tournament just, I'm, I'm, I'm made him go to the next on, level. Hold on, the first five games where he yeah. pitched four and a third innings of last year, four hits, one earned run, one walk, eight strikeouts, a two oh eight ERA. So he started off the season very similar to how he started last year, and then he turned into Jose Ruiz. Like I'm just saying, like he had a very good stretch. It's only four innings, but that's that's thirteen batters that but he you're set down. Those four innings. Like they're equal to spring training. That's four no, innings I'm, versus some of the best. That they're equal to regular season. That they're. Would you say that the World Baseball Class is equal to regular season? No, that's playoff type atmosphere. It is such a unique and unmatchable experience and environment that he will never be in that environment again, never have that much adrenaline ever again, wow. that he could probably never be that same pitcher just again. Sean's got, just, Sean's got no faith that the White Sox are going to the World Series on the backs t- of Jose Ruiz. Oh, <laughs> boy. I think that Jose Ruiz was being disrespected and his stock is up. That's all I'm saying. Uh, anyways. Sean disrespecting um, Jose Ruiz. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Nick Avila or Nick my, Avila. Um, I don't even know who that is. Neutral. I know who he is. Well, stock down, stock up. Neutral. I mean, do you think he's going to make the team? Yeah, he'll make the, yeah. I think he'll make the team, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Jimmy Lambert, stock up, stock down, neutral? Neutral. Neutral. Okay. Um, Matt Foster, unfortunately, going down uh, with a strained forearm. Uh, just to update I was on that. Anyways. Um, I don't think he was going to make the team. No, no. Um, but hey, I mean, if he was, then maybe Jose Ruiz wasn't. So now, you know, there Possible. you go. Clear stock up, stock down. Uh, Garrett Crochet, um, just excited to see him back. Uh, we don't need to do him. Um, but, you know, I'm just, I'm on roster resource and he's I listed. think we've run out of guys. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that's going to do it for the CHGO White Sox Live Podcast. I'm Sean. Oh, that's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox you beat writer. Anderson, I, I am. Uh, that's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Admiral23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to Robbie, uh, making sure that people are liking up the video. If you are sticking around and you do like the content, please make sure you hit that thumbs up button. We are getting closer and closer to 30,000 subscribers on our CHGO Sports YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe. Thank you to Sarah Victor for producing the show and everyone hanging out with us in the chat. We will talk to you on Sunday, and the schedule will be a little bit weird. This is our last live show until Wednesday. Wednesday will be our next live show. We'll have a Sunday-only podcast for you, but Wednesday will be our live, huge, big season preview show. And then, obviously, Thursday. Opening day. Opening day, live at the whistle, uh, 4911 West 95th Street over in Oaklawn. So make sure you join us there. We will talk to you on Sunday. Go Sox.